12 football bowl season is in the books. The conference goes two and six. And I told you before conference player, before bowl play started, it wasn't going to be easy at all. And we saw that play out in these bowl games. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is how you find us covering the Big 12 top to bottom. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Always appreciate you being here, whether it's on YouTube, on the podcast, however you're taking us in, Facebook Live. Thanks for being a part of the show. So I did not think the Big 12 would have a good bowl season. I, I just And I told you that two weeks ago when I was predicting all the bowl games. I didn't think the Big 12 was going to have a good bowl season. I thought that Baylor would beat Air Force. That didn't happen. I thought that uh, TCU would win. That did happen over Michigan. And I thought Kansas State would win. And that was it. I mean, those are the teams that I thought were going to come out of their bowl seasons with victories. I thought the Big 12 got a very difficult draw in bowl games. And then you got to factor in who's playing, who's in the transfer portal, who's not. And it completely changes the equation of these bowl games oftentimes. It is not... And I'll say this as somebody who was bragging two years ago when the Big 12 went undefeated in their bowl games. But two years makes a big difference. It is not the ultimate way to define what your conference was throughout the entire season. I'm not making excuses. The Big 12 didn't have a good bowl season. I'm the first one to tell you. But... It is much more in-depth, it is much more nuanced than simply sitting there and saying, well, you know, Big 12 stinks, it went 2-6 and six in bowl games. Let's look at what happened in these games here. First off, Baylor losing to Air Force was a huge disappointment. That was a terrible way for Dave Aranda's disappointing season to end in Waco. There's no doubt about it. Um, Wisconsin beat Oklahoma State. That one, you know, that one a lot of us thought was going to be the case. Especially once Spencer Sanders hit the portal, it, that, that was not a game that Oklahoma State was likely to be in. And they were actually in it, kind of, sort of, not really. But, you know, they put up 10 points in the fourth quarter, make it look close on the scoreboard. But that was, that was Wisconsin's game. Kansas took Arkansas to overtime, multiple overtimes, after a massive comeback, scoring 18 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. They gave Arkansas a run for their money. Texas Tech upset Ole Miss. That was a great performance. Texas losing to Washington, not a good performance, but the Longhorns were without B. John Robinson. So, you know, once again, you're without arguably the best player in the Big 12. That's going to mean something. OU almost pulled off an upset against Florida State. In fact, I thought they were going to win the game until they fumbled it late in the fourth quarter, and Florida State ends up going down uh, the field to score what eventually was the game winner. And then you had Kansas State lose to Alabama. K-State was a sizable underdog in that game. And then on top of that, you've got uh, TCU pulling off a victory. Sorry, this ridiculous ESPN ad just popped up in the middle of my video. I'm going through the scoreboard here, and ESPN's video pops up. My, oh, my, it's a Cheez-It commercial. I've seen enough of the Cheez-Its. The Cheez-It Bowl was enough for me on the Cheez-Its. I'm not eating them no matter how many videos you shove in my face, ESPN. My goodness. Sorry about that. Anyway, as I was saying, the Big 12 drew a tough draw of games here. And if you look at the games that they were favored in, the only games they were favored in that they lost, Baylor to Air Force and Texas to Washington. 
Outside of that, you look at the other games, Wisconsin was favored over Oklahoma State. Arkansas was favored over Kansas by over a touchdown. Ole Miss was favored over Texas Tech. What was the final line there? But Ole Miss was favored over Texas Tech by three and a half points. Florida State was favored over Oklahoma by a fairly sizable margin, seven and a half points. We know Michigan was favored big time over TCU over a touchdown. And then, you know, same thing with Alabama against Kansas State. You look at Alabama, Alabama was, uh, what, three, four-point favorite by the end there? So uh, the Big 12 only lost two games as favorites. They did not lose games that they were favored in for the most part. So it, it when you actually look at the full breadth of what happened this bowl season, and of course there's still one game left, TCU can win a national championship. Should we just do the SEC thing where no matter how the bowl season goes, we just say, well, we got a team in the title game. That's all that matters. SEC, baby. Should we just start doing that? I mean, I don't know. I'm going to call it fair. I'm going to call it how I see it. And, um, uh, you know, I think two things can be true at the same time. Big 12 had tough draws, still a disappointing outcome. And to boot, you've got a team playing for a national championship for the first time in the college football playoff era. All in all, uh, you know, this is not the disaster that the headlines make it out to be when you see like CBS Sports with the headline, uh, Mac does great, AAC rain, Big 12 disappoints, parentheses, except for TCU. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't want to go two and six. I didn't, but I've told you two weeks ago this was very possible. Going two and six or going something like that because of the draws. Big 12 had bad matchups. There's a lot more to it than that. But don't think that this, for a second, do not think that this takes away from what this league was all season. And to me, that is the second best conference in America after the SEC. And that's what the advanced analytics show. And that's, to me, what the eye test also shows. So I want to give out some awards here. That's, I want to do that as we roll through the show on heartlandcollegesports.com. I, I just put this together have a little fun. The biggest loser at a bowl season was Baylor. Baylor putting up a total dud and a total stinker. And boy, was it a stinker in the Armed Forces Bowl was just a huge letdown for a disappointing season across the board for a Baylor team that I thought would have a chance to compete for a Big 12 championship. Instead, they end the year 6-7 and seven with a loss to Air Force, and I know Air Force won 10 games, and how nice of Baylor to let Air Force win the Armed Forces Bowl. That was a stinker of a performance. And one year after winning a Big 12 championship, I don't want to say it feels like the reset button's got to be hit, but Dave Aranda, first off, has to find himself a quarterback. I mean, I had high hopes for Blake Shapin, and he did not meet him this year. Uh, he did not come close. So Baylor was the biggest loser of the bowl season. The biggest winner, well, that's pretty obvious, right? The TCU Horn Frogs. Winning a college football playoff game the first time, first time a Big 12 team has done that in the college football playoff era. You got to love that. That's exciting stuff for this league. Maybe it turns out that it, wasn't a Big 12 problem that Oklahoma couldn't get over the hump. Maybe it was a Lincoln-Riley problem. I'm just saying. By the way, did you see Lincoln-Riley stink it up in that Cotton Bowl? Boy, I mean, OU fans are like, yep, we've seen that script before between him and Alex Grinch, haven't we? Oh, boy. 
blowing a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. My, oh, my. No tears shed in Norman over that game the other day. I know that much. But um, the biggest winner, of course, in the Big 12 during bowl season, TCU getting set to play for a national championship on Monday night. They'll be taking on the Georgia Bulldogs in a game that no national pundits want to give them any chance of winning, any chance in. They go out there and they beat Jim Harbaugh, and they may have ended Jim Harbaugh's career at Michigan. You hear in these reports that Jim Harbaugh is interested in uh, the Denver Broncos? Jim Harbaugh, the last game he coaches at his alma mater may have been against the TCU Horn Frogs. How about that? Uh, before I continue with my accolades and awards from bowl season in the Big 12, if you're on YouTube, can I ask you, just uh, subscribe to the channel. Appreciate doing that. Hit that like button as well. Thanks so much. If you're on the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. I got free Heartland College Sports koozies. Here they are. I'm flashing them right now on Facebook Live and on uh, YouTube. I'm mailing those out. I got boxes of them behind me, and I send them out when you leave a rating and a review on the podcast and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you for doing that. Let's continue with the accolades and uh, the awards from Big 12 Bowl season. The surprise. The su now, one fan base is going to get mad at me when I say this. The surprise is the Kansas Jayhawks. Don't be mad at me, Tech fans. You guys had an incredible performance. But the surprise was Kansas because they were down 31-13 at halftime. And at one point down 31-7 in the Liberty Bowl. I was flying home from Christmas and I was on the Delta flight, and I'm watching that game, and it's 24-7. The plane lands. I turn it off, you know, corral the kids, get the luggage, get the car. And I live in Kansas City, so I could have put it on the radio. I didn't even bother. I did not even bother because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and listen to a 31-7 game in a Liberty Bowl. I'm just not going to do it. I watched it. It wasn't going well. And, uh, you know, that was that. And then I get home, and my phone starts blowing up. Look at Kansas. And I'm like, what is going on? What the heck is going on? So when it comes to surprise performance, Tech was great beating Ole Miss, but the surprise performance was the Kansas Jayhawks' comeback in the Liberty Bowl. That was the surprise performance in the Big 12 Conference during bowl season. Now, uh, the worst coaching decision same game the worst coaching decision of the big 12 bowl season was whatever the heck kansas tried to do in overtime against the arkansas razorbacks on that final two-point conversion where they ended up losing 55 to 53 they lateral it to jason bean who then chucks it 10 feet over his wide receiver's head Jalen Daniels had been outstanding up to that point. He was your workhorse. He was the guy that got you into that position. And with the game on the line, needing a two-point conversion to continue the game, uh, you don't let Jalen Daniels make a play. I, I mean, what are we doing? That was horrible. That was just too much trickery. Too much trickery. You let your best players make a play, especially 
with the way that Jalen Daniels had been playing in that second half up to that point. You gotta let him make a throw. You gotta let him run the ball. You don't do a, a lateral to Bainu that bombs it over the head. Like he literally missed his receiver by ten feet. Shaquille O'Neal wasn't gonna catch that pass. Uh, that was the worst coaching decision, bar none, of bowl play in the Big Twelve Conference. Now the best performance in the Big Twelve Conference during bowl season. The best performance, and now you can pat me on the back, Tech fans, Tyler Shuck, Texas Tech's quarterback against Ole Miss. This dude did not just passing the ball 24-39, 242 yards with a touchdown, but also running the ball 25 carries, 111 yards, and two scores was awesome. Absolutely awesome. He led the team in rushing, obviously led the team in passing, and it excites me because he's coming back next season. It excites me because... And this is a big if for Tyler Shuck and Tech fans and Big 12 fans know what I'm about to say. If he stays healthy, this guy can be a top-flight quarterback in this league. A lot of people probably forget Tyler Shuck's name, but a couple of years ago, before he started at Texas Tech, after Tyler Shuck transferred from Oregon to Texas Tech, the dude was getting odds to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Let me repeat that. The summer between Tyler Shuck transferring from Oregon to Texas Tech, there were odds on him to be the number one pick in the NFL draft the following year. That's how good scouts think this guy's pure talent is. He just can't stay healthy. So if he can actually stay healthy, if he can actually be the guy for Texas Tech, it completely changes the equation for this team. And one of our guys, uh, Jackson Moody, who does our Texas Tech podcast, um, he wrote a great piece about why Tech should be competing for a Big 12 title next year. And he's spot on about that. He is absolutely spot on about that. So Tech is in that position, and it was one of those performances. Sometimes you get a performance like that from a guy in a bowl game, and it just gives you all the momentum, all the enthusiasm going into the offseason. And that is exactly what Tyler Shuck did for the Red Raiders in that game. That's exactly what he did. It's more than just what he did on the field. It's everything else as well that makes him, to me, a guy that every college football fan may know by, like, next Halloween. Tyler Shuck, it would not shock me one bit if Tyler Shuck is in a Heisman conversation if he stays healthy next year. I hope I see it. I hope we all see it. I hope Tech fans get to see it. But that was the best performance of... uh, of the Big 12 Bowl season. Now, the Clown Award. This one I just made up. But the Clown Award for Bowl season, I couldn't pick one. You know, this has been problematic. And this is not exactly a good thing for the league when I was debating between two guys for the Clown Award of Big 12 Bowl season. But the Clown Award for Big 12 Bowl season goes to none other than it's a tie. I couldn't pick one. Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas head coach, and Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State head coach, they are co-Clown Award winners for the Big 12 Bowl season. Now, why is that? Well, Mike Gundy, in case you missed it, yelled at a reporter. I don't want to say he didn't yell at him, but uh, Mike Gundy, after Oklahoma State lost the guaranteed rate bowl to Wisconsin, a reporter asked him about who he was going to bring back, like if he was going to make changes with the coaching staff. And Mike Gundy says to the guy, it was one of the reporters with pistols firing blog, Marshall Scott. 
He asked Gundy um, basically about any staff changes that he might make. And Gundy said to him, do you think I would tell you if I'm making any staff changes? The reporter responds, no. Gundy then adds, then why would you ask? Marshall says, because it's my job. Gundy then went off and he said, quote, okay, well, I might have to cut you out. I mean, don't be an ass. Really? I mean, those are people's lives. Those are people's families, right? Don't mess with people's families. Let's do this the right way. That's what Mike Gundy said to a reporter who simply asked him a question about his staff for next season. It's a completely legitimate question. There was only one person in that exchange being an ass, and it wasn't Marshall Scott from Pistol's Firing Blog. I promise you that. It wasn't. And that was completely out of line and uh, completely unnecessary for Mike Gundy to respond like that. I mean, Mike Gundy can be very soft sometimes. And then he threatens the guy that he's going to pull his credential. So let me get this straight. Mike Gundy is saying that he's concerned about his coaches and their livelihoods, and he doesn't want anyone messing with people's families on his staff. But then he says to this reporter, I'll mess with your family and your livelihood by taking away your credential because you asked a question I don't like. That's ridiculous. Now, do I think Gundy's actually going to take away the credential? No. Is it completely unreasonable for him to respond the way he did? Yes. But then Steve Sarkeesian comes along. And if you didn't see this, the Texas head coach was getting set to take on Washington in the Alamo Bowl. And there's a viral video. It's gotten millions of views. It's up on our, uh, we have it up as a YouTube short. If you want to see it on our YouTube page, just go there and subscribe. We put it up on Twitter, wrote about it on the website. Um, it's just insane. Absolutely insane what Steve Sarkeesian did. So he's coming out of the tunnel and he's getting ready. You know, his team's getting set, coming out of the tunnel. And this video of, of Steve Sarkeesian, his chest gets bumped. I'm just pulling this up here so I actually have it verbatim what he said. But his chest gets bumped by like a random Alamo Bowl employee. Just a random guy. You know, he's got one of those headsets on doing his job. And Steve Sarkeesian looks at this guy in the face. He looks like he's 25 years old. Steve Sarkeesian gets in this guy's face and he says, Don't effing touch me again, mother effer. What? To a to a Alamo Bowl employee is probably making what Steve Sarkeesian makes in six hours? I It was completely out of line. It was completely unreasonable. So when it comes to the Clown Award during Big 12 Bowl season, I've got co-winners in Mike Gundy and Steve Sarkeesian. I just can't pick one. But if you haven't seen the Sark video, man, just go check it out because it is bizarre. It is, it's bizarre, it's ridiculous, it's unprofessional, it's a bad look. He's right there in front of his teammates, or not his teammates, his players as he's doing it. I'm looking at it here on my phone right now. I There it is, showing it to you on the uh, YouTube and on the Facebook Live. Look at him, watch this, there he goes. Look at him, random guy. Like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Oh, gosh, so those are some of the awards to give out here uh, <laughs> as the big 12 bowl season is mostly in the books, not completely though, because the TCU Horn frogs are getting set to play in the national championship. Doesn't that sound so darn good? Oh, I love every second of it. As someone who's been doing this on web, this website 
for years. Eight years now. We've been doing this. Started off with me and a laptop. Never seen a Big 12 team play for a national title. Never done it. And now we're going to get it on Monday. And I am here for the whole thing start to finish. And we're going to have some great content for you throughout the week. So uh, be sure to be tuned into the site. Be sure to be checking out the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for doing that. Every one of your likes, subscriptions, ratings, reviews on, on iTunes makes a difference. And that's why we got those koozies as well to send out your way. Hey, quick thing as well I want to note as we get into the new year. We have team-by-team team podcasts that we are rolling out. We have a Kansas State podcast called the Everything Emaw Podcast. We have um, a Texas Tech podcast, just the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports uh, podcast. We've got a TCU podcast called the Hypnotoad. And we have a KU podcast, Jayhawker Talker. So be sure to find those. Just search Heartland College Sports wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find them and subscribe to those as well. You get more team-specific podcasts. Support our guys doing that. It's a great way to continue to support what we're doing here at Heartland College Sports. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of it. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great rest of your day. Subscribe. A lot more content is coming your way this week. You guys have a great night. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.